This week on the Rail Spitter podcast, we are talking about a very timely topic in reference to Abraham Lincoln, viruses. Welcome to the Rail Splitter Podcast, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. I am your co-host, Mary, and joining me tonight is Rail Splitter Jeremy. Hey, everybody. Hope everybody's staying safe and hanging in there. And Rail Splitter Nick. What up, Rail Split Nash, to all of you listening to us as you check Facebook for the thousandth time during your quarantine. <laughs> so I have to say that's one of my problems is like I'll start, I'll sit down and be like, Oh, I've been checking Facebook for 20 minutes and then feel really bad that I haven't got other stuff done. <laughs> um, but anyway, so and we are very pleased to have a guest joining us tonight. Um, we are very happy to welcome back to the Rail Splitter co- podcast, Dr. David J. Kent. He was a guest with us well over a year ago when we did our first round of our Rail Splitter book club, where we uh, read his book, Abraham Lincoln, The Man That Saved America. And he was our guest on our final installment of wrapping that book up. So welcome back, David, to the Rail Spitter podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yes, we've been wanting to have you back for a while. And um, just to give our visitors or our listeners a little bit of a refresher here. Um, So David describes himself on his blog, which you can find at davidjkent-writer.com as a scientist, traveler, and Abraham Lincoln historian. Um, And in addition to his book about Abraham Lincoln, he's written four other books, uh, Edison, The Inventor of the Modern World, Tesla, Wizard of Electricity, Nikola Tesla, Renewable Energy Ahead of Its Time, and Abraham Lincoln and Nikola Tesla Connected by Fate. Um, And as I said, he's got a blog as well, which has some really great posts on it. And if you frequent the RailSplitter Facebook page, You've seen his blog posts on there because he always shares them with us, which we very much appreciate. So thank you for doing that, David, for being such an active member of the Rail Splitter Facebook page. Um, and to all you listeners who check Facebook for the thousand and one time, <laughs> make sure you go read one of the blogs. <laughs> they are always very interesting and informative posts to read. Um, and it's actually one of his blog posts that has brought us that has brought him back here tonight as a guest. Um, so welcome to the show again, David. Thank you. Glad and, to be here. And would you like to just kind of give her, because it's been a while since you've been on here, so we've got some new listeners and they might not have caught up completely to where you were on with us before. Did you want to just give us a brief biography of yourself um, and how you got into Abraham Lincoln? Sure. Um, I've, I've actually been into Abraham Lincoln since I was a little kid. You know, I was I was that kid with a Abraham Lincoln hat when I was in fourth grade, <laughs> and uh, so I I I've always loved Abraham Lincoln, um, but I also grew up on uh, the shore in New England, and so it just sort of was natural I become a marine biologist. So I was a marine biologist for a while, and then a and then an environmental scientist in uh, consulting, uh, regulatory consulting. For, for a long time, but I always did uh, Lincoln on the side, and then the last uh, about six years, I've I gave up on the the consulting side, and I spend all my time now on, or most of my time, on Lincoln, 
when I'm not uh, trying to travel all over the world, which I'm not doing right now. <laughs> None of us are right now. No. <laughs> so, um, so I'm back focusing on Lincoln and, and working on a, a book on Lincoln's interest in uh, science and technology. Very cool. cool. And so you... I hope to, to get that all finished this year and get it out next year sometime. Well, that's awesome. Well, we'll have to have you back on the show again when you have that. <laughs> I was going to say, now we know what the third time yes, I'm yes. on the show is going to be about. <laughs> um, and I was reading on your blog that you own quite a few Lincoln books. Just how many Lincoln books do you own? Uh, it's hard to know exactly because some, I have a couple of duplicates, but um, I have uh, about 1,400 Lincoln books. Dang. Wow. So, uh, yeah, they're they're... There are a lot, you know, and, and I know I have not read them all, um, but I'm finding in the last uh, month or so, in the next couple of months, I'll be able to get through a lot more of them than, than I normally would be. Wow. Well, very good. So which one are you reading right now? Do you have one on the go? Yeah, I'm, work- I'm reading one about Lincoln uh, statesmanship, which is a, a very deep academic book that probably me and five other people have actually read <laughs> um and i don't expect very very many more people to read it after i'm finished with it either <laughs> um but it's it's got a lot of information and it. it's it's very it's very good oh cool so i try to mix up with the different kinds of lincoln books and then pull some science books off the shelf for a break oh nice that's yeah and you've got a very varied background like and just um, so Abraham Lincoln was, I guess, kind of a hobby for you then. and it, It's been a hobby while I was working in science, mm-hmm. and now it's more my profession, and the science is more the hobby. Wow, nice. So right now, neither one pays very well. But, <laughs> but at least um, I think we've all got Abraham Lincoln to keep us company right now, as we're, I think all of all four of us are under some kind of lockdown Yeah. right now, and I um, have to say, I'm finding a lot of comfort in Lincoln and reading about the Civil War as I go through. Because I can't, unfortunately, my job is such that I can't work from home. So mm-hmm. I'm you know, filling my days with uh, going outside and reading books and stuff. So I'm I'm okay with that right now. It's yeah, um, yeah. We, we do as well as we can. I I definitely have no shortage of books to read. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> I'm jealous of your book collection. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it must look With like this shelter in place, though. I expect that new book to be done by the end of May. End of May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, my brother, my brother, who's a, also a scientist, um, just told me that uh, he he sat down and he wrote a book, and I think it took him four months to write a book from scratch, which. Uh, I didn't want to hear because I've been working on this one for a lot longer than four months and it'll take more than four more months to, to finish it. So, um, I wasn't happy about that, but then, you know, he's, it's a different kind of book that he wrote. So yeah, it's easy. It, what he wrote was easy. Yeah. I think it probably yeah. all depends on the subject matter and, and all that. Um, yeah. So anyways, this book that I'm working on is, is goes through his life, but it has, so it has a lot of different topics subtopics that i'm dealing with and each one is like a book in itself so oh cool That's how long have you been working on this new one um actively 
uh, I'll say a year, but it's probably a lot longer than that. I started the idea several years ago. Um, in fact, I started the idea before I wrote this uh, this other Lincoln book that that you guys uh, reviewed a year ago, whenever mm-hmm. that was. So it got, that got put. This, so this one got put to the side while I worked on that one, and then uh, I've picked it up again since then, and and really been working on it hard. Uh, this last several months, especially the last several weeks. Oh, very cool. Well, good luck with it. And we can't wait to read the finished product. Um, We all, like all three of us, really enjoyed Abraham Lincoln, The Man That Saved America. And I've spoken to a few other people that have enjoyed that book as well. Um, Anyway, so you're here tonight to talk about a blog post that you did. And um, it's very timely. Um, It's titled, That Time Lincoln Got a Virus and Almost Died which mm-hmm. was instantly drew me in to, because I didn't think of, you know, I did not think of the smallpox that Lincoln had after, after Gettysburg. I thought like, Oh, is there something else? Because the smallpox was just kind of played up as something that was very, very mild um, for Lincoln, mm-hmm. but Lincoln, like all humans was no stranger to illness. So could you give us an overview of the illness that Lincoln contracted that you um, discuss in your, in your blog post and, um, what are the similarities or and differences that it has between it and COVID-19, which is what the world is experiencing as a pandemic right now? Right. <clears throat> yeah, he had, uh, so he had smallpox, um, although it was often referred to as variola, which is a derivative of the, the um, strains of virus that cause smallpox. Uh, there's a variola major and variola minor. And variola minor is what causes the mild version of smallpox, and major is the is the major is the major per- version of smallpox. Um, uh, keeping in mind that mild and and severe and major are relative terms, so different people have different ideas mm-hmm. of what they are. But uh, yeah, when he was coming back from from Gettysburg, he started feeling weak and and a little dizzy, and and so he. He then he got a, a, a started to get a fever, and so he he went to bed when he got back, and he was he was bedridden for about three weeks or so. And during that time, he he started getting other symptoms of of what um, what of smallpox, including um, what's traditional with smallpox is you get is you get little disc shaped. Uh, sores and you know bumps mm-hmm. on your skin, and those those bumps have uh, little fluid inside that can leak out or you know can get out when somebody's touching you. It can come out and and that's how it's contaminating other other people. And the very very worst horrible cases, these sores can cover your entire body. And it it starts affecting um, your breathing and your organs, and and you you, you know you can die from it. Uh, Lincoln um, had that on his skin, and they do say that it it spread, but they're they're not really very detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did go away, and he recovered uh, after about three or four weeks, and was back back to work. So when when people talk about it, they talk about it being major, uh, minor, because he recovered and, and he was able to get back to work. Now the difference that uh, 
I guess the similarities first about between smallpox virus and the current coronavirus that causes this COVID-19. Um, obviously, they're both viruses, and viruses are pretty unique in that they're not really considered live organisms. They're sort of halfway between not live and live because they don't reproduce themselves like all other organisms do, like bacteria and, and other microorganisms and, and obviously people and human humans and plants and everything else reproduce. Uh, viruses don't reproduce on their own. They have to infect um, a cell and convince the cell to reproduce the virus. So they inject uh, an RNA, which is probably most people have heard of DNA, mm -hmm. which is a, the double helix um, uh, molecules that are how most people reproduce and in most organisms. But these just have a single strand. So it's like a, a, you know, the DNA is like a ladder that's twisted. And RNA is like one side of the ladder. And it's twisted. So it injects that into the cell and any kind of cell, depending on the virus. And the cell starts creating more virus. So that, that's how it reproduces. So it's, they're both, they both have that same sort of um, viral action mm -hmm. that, uh, uh, but they're, but they're, um, oh, they're also very, because of that, they're very contagious. Uh, both, both of them are very contagious and pretty easily spread. Uh, they also could be pretty, pretty deadly. Mm -hmm. uh, the current coronavirus, the uh, COVID 19, that causes COVID 19, that we're, I think worldwide, we're looking at about 2% mortality rate. Yeah, that's what I heard today on the news. Um, but that goes up a lot for as you get older or if you have mm -hmm. compromised immune systems, you're like 15, 18, 20% of the people infected. Um, uh, smallpox is can be even worse. I mean, it could be up to 35% of, of the people infected. So especially back in the 1800s when we didn't have... We didn't have ventilators and, yeah. you know, we didn't have antibiotics or which don't work for viruses anyway, but we didn't have any kind of way to treat these. So people just either they got better or they died. Mm -hmm. So, so they both have that. Um, what's different is the smallpox virus is, it's usually described as like shaped like a brick. Um, whereas the coronavirus is shaped more like a is round mm -hmm. and the corona actually means crown like so when you look at them under a microscope an electron microscope because they're pretty small you you can see these little proteins sticking out from around it and it sort of looks like a crown you know points of a crown um, i like to look at it differently in that coronavirus looks like the sun and if you look at the sun during a, a full eclipse, a full lunar eclipse, um, all you can see is the edges of the sun, yeah. and you can see where the, the 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 sun's surface is spilling out and and spitting out. That looks sort of like a a, a, a crown, mm -hmm. and in fact, that's called a corona. So that's really where the coronavirus name comes from. So one's brick shape and one's one's round. The other big difference is that the smallpox 
virus primarily attacks the skin and you get all these skin lesions and, and sores and the coronavirus primarily attacks the lungs mm -hmm. and there are other viruses that attack different things um, so that's that's one of the, the, the bigger differences uh, between them there's also there was a there was actually a vaccine for uh, smallpox at the time uh, there uh, a British doctor had come up with a vaccine like 60 years before in the oh, late wow. 1790s but it was mainly used in in Europe not so much in the United States it wasn't very effective um, so it wasn't used that much anyway and certainly out in the frontier where Lincoln was in the west they weren't people weren't getting vaccinated yeah for things the um this covid-19 is caused by this novel coronavirus there's it's novel because there's it's new mm -hmm. it's just for the first time jumped mutated and jumped from animals to <clears throat> to um to humans and that's why it's spreading so fast because we don't have any natural immunity to it and we've never had it before mm -hmm. so there's no way to fight it. We have no vaccine. We have no treatments, which is why we're all staying at home. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I actually watched a video um, on YouTube about it that was pretty informative, and it just showed how it like attaches to the lungs and all that, and just they had the shape of it as you you described it perfectly, like you know, like the crown or like um, I think the sun was a good way to describe it. Um, and I didn't realize it and smallpox were different shapes, but that makes sense now because they're different. They're they're both viruses, but they're different types of viruses and how they yeah. they um, how they attack the body. Um, so you stated in your um, blog post that most scholars treated Lincoln's case of variola as a mild case of smallpox, but some researchers say it was much more serious and he could have died. Um, and you also mentioned that it, like these researchers, they said they mentioned that it was because there was the election coming up the next year and they they kind of wanted to downplay um you know the illness so that the public wouldn't worry about lincoln um but could you elaborate on how close he may have come to death that um and and how sick do you think abraham lincoln was with this variola okay um the short answer is we don't really know um the, the longer answer is is that uh when you look at when most researchers I'll start with that with the most researchers think that it was a mild <clears throat> a mild case of smallpox or you know variola um, the reason why most researchers believe that or say that is because most researchers don't go deep into the information on that particular disease mm -hmm. and at that time that incident um, like even in my book I barely mention it you know just mention it as a an afterthought coming back from from Gettysburg um, because it was only a tiny little piece of what I was trying to cover mm -hmm. and that's true for most books or they may be looking at you know particular battles in Civil War or Lincoln during the Civil War or Lincoln's early life and so they don't go deeply into it and so most of the time they're just going to say well it will go with what the what has said, been said before mm -hmm. And what we know, which is only what people said at the time, we obviously didn't have we didn't have an MRI or X-rays or or you know detailed um, 
her medical sheets explaining, you know, all the blood work and everything done. We didn't have any of that. So, so we have to go by just what the doctor said. Um, but there are people who in, uh, in uh, 2008, 2007, a couple of doctors looked into it very closely mm-hmm. and they, they examined everything that was said and they looked at the description of the, of the symptoms and they they basically said, and I, I kind of wrote this in what I in what I in what I said on my uh, on the blog, said that uh, he was first he was weak, and then he got severe headaches, um, back pains. These are all things as it progresses, it gets worse. Uh, on the fourth day, he got a scarlet rash, and a, when he got a rash, a, a reddish colored rash they first thought it might be scarlet fever mm-hmm. which is another disease that was fairly common back then um, but then it started it said become vesicular and that means it 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 started forming these these uh, little bumps with with liquid inside of them um, which is once you get to that point you're really getting pretty serious mm-hmm. with smallpox um, and then that smallpox uh that the smallpox s- spread. Uh, now, we don't know how far it spread because they don't tell us. But it did spread uh, around in, on his skin. And um, eventually they they peeled and they, they dried up, which is the normal progression of this. So these doctors decided, you know, looked at that, and they said, well, that sounds pretty serious to me. And if it had continued to progress further, then it would have become life-threatening. So I think even they are saying that, well, we don't think he would have died necessarily, mm. but, you know, it could have. You know, yeah. If it kept getting worse, it could have. And, you know, a, a large percentage of people did die at, at that time. So the other, the other part you mentioned um, about... If there was an outbreak of, of variola, yeah. was it mild? Uh, things like that. Yeah, there was. There, there actually, there was a lot of smallpox going around mm. at that time in Washington and New York and 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 Chicago and some other places. They they were talking about um, up to thirty five percent of fatality from from people that were getting for people that were found to have it and that that got the symptoms. So. It could have it could have very well have gotten worse for for Lincoln, and 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 he could have died. Um, now clearly he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other aspect of it you mentioned the you know where the doctors just try to downplay it, and and probably you know we don't know whether they were just saying well it's it's not really that bad or it was a lot worse and they were trying to downplay it, but. Traditionally, the doctors and the political people around presidents are going to try to downplay any illness yeah. they have because they don't want people to know. I mean, there were there were um, oh, man, which was a president. Uh, there was one president, I can't think of which one, the, that went out and had surgery that you know out in a boat to try to. I believe make sure it was nobody uh, knew about it. Cleveland, wasn't it? 
Is it Cleveland? I think it was, yeah. 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 So, you know, and, and they, you know, they, they weren't advertising that. They were keeping it quiet. And, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt mm-hmm. um, had polio. I mean, the man couldn't walk. And yet they made sure that, you know, if they could have him standing still um, with heavy braces mm-hmm. and or he would be sitting um, when they had to move him, he had he could use crutches or a wheelchair or something. But they made sure that nobody knew about that or it was downplayed. Um, and Kennedy had some pretty bad uh, back problems mm-hmm. and they downplayed that and yeah. some of the other things about Kennedy. So it's it's not uncommon to try to hide um, serious illnesses, uh, especially if they if they survive them. I mean, was it uh, Wilson? I think was basically had a stroke and was, you know, his wife was playing president for a while. So, uh, so it's it's possible. We don't know. Um, and the the idea of whether something is mild or serious is is kind of um, is is a is a judgment call. Mm-hmm. On people, and then you're, you know, I have friends who are psychologists and psychiatrists and doctors, and they're like, you know, we can't be diagnosing somebody who's been dead for 150 years based on what somebody wrote in their journal or their diary, you know. But, but it, but it was pretty serious. It was a lot more serious than just a mild case of variola. Um, whether he would have died from it, I mean, obviously he didn't. So mm-hmm. no. Yeah, but if they, you know, like you said, like. Other, there's there's history of other world leaders, other presidents, where it's been kind of downplayed what they've had. And the, the same thing happened today, actually, with um, Prime Minister here in Canada, Justin Trudeau. He's been addressing us every day for nearly three weeks at about 11.15 in the morning. He comes out and he talks, like, you know, gives a speech about <clears throat> the measures the government is taking and just to kind of reassure us and, like, kind of just the moral support. Um, but today his voice seemed a little bit, like you know, gruffer than what it normally did. And he had to clear his throat a few times. And one of the reporters was like, how's your health prime minister? And he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, I probably just need to be wearing my scarf. It's a little bit cool out here. But you could see instantly, like, the reporters, like, there was about three different ones that asked him that. And then they were talking about it after, like, is his health okay? Because his wife actually had COVID-19. And Mm -hmm. he was in, he had to be in isolation because of that because he could have obviously had it as well so then of course now everybody's thinking like is justin trudeau getting sick but it's a ama- like you know just how quickly they jumped all over that but then he was trying to reassure them and say like no 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 it's i'm perfectly fine i figure it's just speaker fatigue talking to people for every day for three weeks and then he's having to go in and do all these meetings and stuff but yeah it was you know, and and his wife's condition was very much like didn't really talk about it too much, other than that she was doing fine. Um, you know, that leads me to my theory that it was him who had it, not her, and they were downplaying it. So you should have just told everybody. I heard you can't get it twice. <laughs> so Trudeau not- had it. The, Trudeau had it the whole time. <laughs> No, I don't really no. believe that, just for the record. So, <laughs> um, Nick or Jeremy, do you? Before we go any further, do you have any questions for for David? No, I was. I, I like that point about like it being difficult to gauge like historic or presidential illness, and I don't think that's anything that's gone away. You know, I was thinking about Reagan when he was had an assassination attempt. How that was kind of 
the severity of that wasn't known for many years. And there's definitely suspicion around the current president's health screenings or whatever. Um, so I don't think that that's anything that's, that's gone away. Um, so that's, that's interesting too. Um, I did want to, and I don't know if we're quite ready to go to this direction, but I did want to just talk a little bit about your work with, um, Abraham Lincoln and his relationship with science and maybe even presidential history in general, because I think that's also very topical because with, well, certainly with the coronavirus, but also with climate change and everything else where I feel like science is somehow divisive, strangely now politically, um, when maybe not to the extent it used to be or, or was in presidential politics. Have you come across anything like that in your research um, in, into Lincoln and science or into presidents in science? Yeah, uh, science was never controversial um, in politically. I mean, it was controversial in the sense that um, whenever somebody comes up with a new idea, you know, there's a hesitancy to, to jump to that idea until they've had more re more research and more information and it starts to show that it's actually true i mean that's that's pretty common in in, in science so you know scientists love to argue with each other if, it, if you've ever been to a, a scientific conference you know they they just love to <laughs> to argue and try to point out where the the fallacies and the and the mistakes that people made so um but as far as as politically uh, science has has actually always been embraced by pretty much all presidents up until recently. Um, we had somebody like Thomas Jefferson, who was uh, kind of an inventor himself. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's the only man, only president with a patent, but Thomas Jefferson actually did invent some things. He just never patented them. Um, in fact, he was in charge of the patent office when he was secretary of state under Washington. So he was very interested in science. Uh, John Quincy Adams was very interested in science. Um, there were, there were several that had uh, interests, you know, they didn't necessarily put it into play in as far as the presidential uh, platforms or anything. Um, but, but they certainly were interested in it. So it's only very recently um, that uh, that presidents, some presidents, have chosen to be anti-science, mm -hmm. and and we we do see that. I mean, it, there's no getting around it. We have have presidents um, uh, recently who have not only not embraced science, they've disdained science, which is is you know Lincoln would not be happy with that. You know, he he was pretty busy, so he wasn't out there doing experiments in the in the back of the White House with with chemicals or anything. But he, you know, he he thought that science and technology were very important to uh, the growth of the United States, and and was one of the ways that both the United States and individuals could better their condition, which was his main driver all of his uh, all of his life was bettering his own condition, and then helping other people better their condition and then the nation build bettering its condition, which, you know, had in a sense of uh, this virus called slavery, um, which sort of acted the same way, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, I've been, I've actually been thinking a lot lately, like how would Lincoln be handling something like this today compared to 
the current administration is handling it. And I can see it being probably the exact opposite. You know, I think stuff would have been done a lot, been done a lot differently and all that. And it's just, it's. Yeah. I, well, we, we don't know what Lincoln would do because he never got faced with a situation like Mm -hmm. this, but he was somebody who would think through issues and would, um, he would want all the information. He'd collect information from various people, and then he'd sit there and he'd run around in his head and come to a decision. And then he would he would move forward. And he didn't. He wasn't one to hesitate once he, you know, decided what he wanted to do. And he was also very good at um, uh, both gauging public interest, uh, public sentiment, public opinion, and helping to to. Uh, move public opinion in the direction that he thought needed to happen, which is what happened with slavery. You know, he he kind of pushed things in different ways to get the public ready to accept emancipation. So he would he would be doing the same thing on every issue, and he would do that with with this particular issue. He he certainly wouldn't try to. You know, he would be honest about what the um, what the situation was. So, you know, I think any, pretty much anybody else would have handled it differently. Um, There's always a hesitation to make decisions that have drastic impacts. Um, And when there's a lot of uncertainty, but uh, there's there's a difference between, you know, trying to gauge the right time to make the right decision and denying that there's a a problem, Mm -hmm. um, which is you know, what we've, what we've had to go through yeah. on, on, on the coronavirus and on things like climate change and a bunch of other issues. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, it's, it's a major problem. So I, you know, in the, in the Lincoln community around me, they're, they're everybody, they wear t-shirts is like, I miss Abe yeah. and, you know, Lincoln for president. And, you know, there's amongst the Lincoln community. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> amongst the Lincoln community, you're, you know, there's, we're obviously biased. You know, yeah. we want Abe Lincoln back. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I had my, uh, like, I mean, I have uh, many, many, many mugs. Nick will tell you, like, Nick and I get in kind of arguments over how many mugs one should have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I have one that says uh, Lincoln and Hamlin, 1860. And then I have, like, Lincoln for president as well. And I've, had both those mugs out this week and I've kind of thought, you know, like, well, if only this was the case right now for, for the United States. And I'm waiting for uh, uh Lincoln and Clinton 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Biden or, or, you know, whoever, yeah. you know, to somebody. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's interesting. We're, we're in a strange time right mm-hmm. now. And, um, and this, this, the virus that we're dealing with now is part of the reason why I think there's some credibility to uh, the idea that doctors might have been kind of trying to hide um, the severity of, of Lincoln's illness because we really do look up to the president as as a leader. Mm-hmm. And if there's something wrong there, then, you know, we lose our confidence in the, the government's ability to do things. And... Um, so I can I can see Lincoln's doctors not wanting to make it look worse than it was. Yeah, you know, and certainly make it 
look less than it was. Yeah, and I, I witnessed it today with the Canadian press and how they were just like, are you okay, Prime Minister? And he just yeah. had to like, yes, I'm fine. I'm, And you could just hear, and his voice was hoarse. He was just, he'd been speaking too much, but still there was that kind of like, are you okay? Um, you know, but it's like, I think he's well, probably there's, fine. There's a lot of people today that um, a lot of people in government and a lot of people in the media and sports and you know, people whose names we know who are um, testing positive mm-hmm. for the coronavirus and or and some have some have died yep um, so it, it's something that even if it doesn't impact us and you know I'm trying to stay close to home and not not go out in public and canceled I had a couple of talks I was giving this month and and they're, they've been canceled and you know, I probably won't give any for a while. So, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of you're trying to do what we think is the right thing. Yeah. But, I mean, this is definitely going to obviously have, like, lingering effects on society and anybody that, you know, people that get, unfortunately, like, that come down with the coronavirus, they could have lingering effects too, like health problems. Um, so that leads into my next question. Um, do you know if Lincoln had any lingering complications from having variola at all? <clears throat> um, I'm not aware of any. Uh, that this particular uh, type of virus and the smallpox is something that had been around for a long time. So humans had developed a certain amount of immunity. Um, it does vary a little bit because it, it mutates like the, the flu. Mm-hmm. You know, it mutates every year. It's got a different flu vaccine. Um, and they weren't doing a lot of vaccination. So, you know, people would get it. And um, but once you got it, and if you recovered from it, then you had you know developed antibodies, and your body would would try to uh, protect itself from gaining it again. Uh, so it's it's not the kind of thing that we would expect to see a lot of repeat uh, infections. Um, it was pretty bad at the time, and a lot of people. It it, it is it goes in waves. You get a, a lot of bad uh, smallpox. It was only eradicated officially the late nineteen seventies. So, um, all the way up to the nineteen seventies, people were still getting smallpox. Mm-hmm. So we even with a vaccine, and they had developed newer vaccines in in the twentieth century. It still people were still getting it. Um, I didn't see any any reference to Lincoln having any lingering complications mm-hmm. from it. Um, and then, of course, he only had about 15 months or so left. Yeah. 16 months left in, a, in his life. So, um, but I'm not aware they had any complications. The, the current coronavirus uh, infections... Um, from everything I've heard, we because it's novel and we don't have any, uh, we haven't we don't have any protection, natural protection yet, and there's no vaccine. We're probably going to see waves of this over the next, I've heard, year, year and a half, two years even, until we can get a vaccine developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. And then it, it might still be out there. It might it'll just be, not quite like this. Mm-hmm be less less effect like the flu a lot of people still die from the flu every year so it'll probably be more like that once it goes on yeah yeah and that's what i've been reading about it too um and then 
so as you said, it was like smallpox, variola was highly contagious, and Lincoln is suspected <clears throat> to have given it to his, um, he had a free African-American valet, William H. Johnson, who contracted the same disease, um, most likely from Abraham Lincoln, and he sadly passed away from it. Um, could you give us a little bit of a history on Johnson and his um, relationship with Lincoln? Like he had come from Springfield to Washington with Lincoln, is that correct? Right. He he was... <clears throat> Excuse me. He was uh, a, a free African American, so he he was never a slave. His his mother had been a slave, and had been freed before he was born. Um, and he worked for Lincoln for about a year, maybe a little less, maybe a year. Basically, around the time that Lincoln was nominated um, for uh, the Republican nomination for president in uh, around May of. Uh, 1860 and so he worked as a mainly as a valet so he would come in and help him get dressed and and shave him and and you know buff his shoes and run errands and things like that on a kind of a part-time basis in in Springfield and so when Lincoln moved to to Washington he asked uh, he asked Johnson to to come along and you know Johnson had a family and had a growing family in in Washington, and uh, he did the same thing. He, uh, Lincoln got him a job at the White House. Um, technically, you know he was on the White House staff, but he would essentially be doing valet work for for Lincoln. Um, but that lasted only three or four weeks, and uh, the rest of the White House staff, who were all african-americans and had been working there for a long time through different presidents they didn't like johnson they um they were partially because he was the new guy um but also uh, william johnson was was a pretty dark-skinned uh african-american and the white house staff were mostly lighter skinned and that was pretty traditional that lighter-skinned black people would work in the, the White House and, and rich people's houses in the North and in the plantation houses in the South, um, in in part because the, the white owners, the white people in plantations, you know, felt more comfortable around lighter-skinned blacks, but also because some of them were their kids that had that you know from um, forcing themselves on on. Uh, female slaves so they tended to be lighter skinned and there was a certain prejudice from lighter skinned blacks to darker skinned blacks so they they didn't like him for for those two reasons and they wanted him out of the white house so lincoln uh, made uh, made arrangements with a, a chase to have him taken on in the um the treasury department and uh, if you've been to Washington D.C., the Treasury Building is literally right next to the White House. And so, in the mornings, Johnson would still come over to the White House, and, and he'd spend a good part of the morning um, doing the same things, a valet type work, and running errands and things for for Lincoln. And then uh, later in the day, he might run errands for people at the at the Treasury. So Lincoln was was. You know, fairly close with with him. He had known him for by this time uh, three or th- about three years, 
three and a half years or so. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, Lincoln would, would talk with him while they were, while he, Johnson was valeting. So, um, so they, they got fairly close. And then when, as far as whether Johnson got, got, uh, got the, the smallpox from Lincoln, um, we don't know for sure. Lincoln actually didn't think that Johnson had gotten it from Lincoln. Mm. He, um, he told somebody that, you know, he might have gotten it from me, but I don't, I don't think so. And the timing was a little delayed. Lincoln already starting to see the symptoms when he was coming back from Gettysburg on, on 20th, I guess, of, of November. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was about three weeks uh, in bed. So mid-December, in fact, by I think the 15th or 16th, he went to a, a play, you know, went to a, a at the, not Ford's, at the, at the other one, the National Theater. Um, John, that's around the time that Johnson was starting to get sick, and he, he was starting to really get sick in early January, and it didn't die until the 28th of January. So there's a bit of a delay, mm-hmm. um, which suggests maybe he didn't get it from Lincoln, that he got it from somebody else, because there were plenty of other people that had smallpox at the time. Um, by the way, Lincoln, Lincoln, um, before that, before Johnson was sick, um, had nothing to do with Johnson, but early on in his sickness, when he was told he had smallpox, he supposedly told a doctor that, you know, all these people would keep asking me for, for jobs and everything. He says, at least I now have something that I can give to everybody. <laughs> so he tried to make light of it. I was hoping you would bring up that quote. I was thinking about that one earlier yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when when Johnson died, though, uh, in January, Lincoln Lincoln made arrangements for Johnson to be buried in um, which Arlington National Cemetery. Um, although at the time, um, if you remember the where Arlington National Cemetery is was before the war was Robert E. Lee's house and his grounds and. So after Robert E. Lee left and went to uh, become general in the Confederate Army, um, the Quartermaster General, Montgomery Miggs, said, well, we're going to take his house, and what better place to, to, to bury the wounded who are fighting for freedom than in Robert E. Lee's front yard? And that's how the, the cemetery got started. Um, it was only later on that they got very strict about who could be buried there, and you have to have military service. Uh, I don't think Johnson had any military service that I'm aware of, um, but he, but Lincoln was uh, able to get him buried there. And uh, today, there's there's a um, there's a gravestone there. It was not the one that that was there when Lincoln was there. Um, it was later put on, and uh, it says "Citizen." has his name and it says he's a citizen which um which is on a lot of gravestones there for african americans who are buried in in uh in arlington um but then lincoln you know he paid for the funeral and he got johnson's money from the paymaster to give to the family to give to johnson's family made sure that they had you know enough to live on so you know i don't think he did it because he felt guilty 
because he thought I might have given it mm-hmm. to him. I think he he just you know he become fairly close with, mm-hmm. with Johnson over the three or four years that he had that they had known him mm-hmm. that he had that he had known him. Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about that story too because it's just like it's another example of Abraham Lincoln's humanity as well. Just and also what a good person he was that he went and did that and. Um, next time I'm at Arlington, I, I've never seen Johnson's grave before. So it's on my, my list of places I want to go visit next time I'm there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was in, um, it's been a while since I've been at, at Arlington and, and I don't think I ever went and saw his grave either. Yeah, so that's you, on my list to go see. They're usually easy to find on Google maps now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I have a, an app that for, for for Arlington and National Cemetery, mm-hmm. and you can plug in the name, and it'll tell you where to find it. Oh, nice! That's that's so, good too. Uh, yeah, that's nice. So I know I've been there to see Robert Lincoln is buried there. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife uh, wanted him buried at Arlington instead of with the rest of the family out in Springfield. Um, Robert's Robert's wife wasn't didn't get along too well with uh with mary lincoln mm. i mean ironically she was mary lincoln as well yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but arlington definitely is worth going to yep i've been there a few times myself and love going every single time i've i've been um so <clears throat> this bout of variola at lincoln head was not the first time he'd been obviously ill in his life because like all humans he probably came down with the common cold um you know, and different illnesses throughout his life. Um, can you tell us about other illnesses that Lincoln had throughout his life? And um, did he suffer from any illnesses while he was president? The, I don't think there was really anything other than the, 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 the smallpox while mm-hmm. he was president, um, except for the one that I'll mention in a second. Um, he did have malaria, uh, I think, a couple of times in, in his life. Um, one when the family, the whole family, his father and stepmother and him and all the other parts of the family moved from Indiana to Illinois. Uh, that first summer, they all came down with ague, A A G U E. Oh, okay. And ague is like the temperate name for malaria. So you think of malaria, you think of you think of tropical jungles and stuff. Um, but it, it occurs everywhere, and ague is is the version of it that occurs in in up in up here. And they all had that, and they were all pretty sick, but they all recovered. There was no nobody died from it. Then uh, he probably also had malaria um, or ague. In uh, about five years later, while he was in in New Salem, and he was taken care of by by one of the families because he was boarding with different families the whole time. He didn't have his own house in, in New Salem. He boarded with people and he was bedridden for a few weeks in, in New Salem. And that was probably malaria based on the descriptions um, that people have. I mean, they, they say, you know, he had fevers, high fevers and, and sweats and chills and all, you know, the usual kinds of things they talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had those, um, those are, you know, the other ones we talked about, the smallpox and the coronavirus or viral diseases. The, the smallpox 
is actually, I mean, uh, malaria is actually uh, a microbial disease. It's not, not bacteria, it's microorganisms, you know, a small little single cell microorganism called plasmodium that um, gets into the cells and causes the, the same sort of, uh, you know, symptoms that you see in a lot of these diseases. Um, so he had that, and, uh, you know, it was pretty common. People got that a lot, and, and people died. I mean, they, were, they, they had a fairly high um, fortality rate, mm-hmm. but uh, he had it because, uh, at least a couple of times and didn't die, and a lot of people got it and didn't die, but um, it was pretty common. Um, he also suffered from, you know, his mother died of, of milk sickness, mm-hmm. and so there were people, he didn't get, he didn't seem to get that, and the sister, the sister didn't get that. But he did have what he referred to, and most people refer to as melancholy, or Lincoln would call uh, the hypo, which is uh, short for hypochondria. And today we think hypochondria is when you think you've got a disease, it's kind of all in your head, though. <clears throat> so that's actually kind of appropriate because hypochondria and melancholy is depression. Mm-hmm. So he he definitely had depression episodes of depression uh, that were pretty serious um, a couple of times you know, he had friends that thought well we'll we better take his pocket knife away from him because we think he might be suicidal you know whether he was or not I don't know but he was he was pretty depressed and he couldn't work for for quite a bit of time um, on a couple of different occasions so I think today um, you know people talk about you know, maybe he was he was because uh, he he liked to laugh and tell jokes and stuff. Maybe he was bipolar. Um, they certainly thought that his uh, Mary was bipolar. But again, you know, psychiatrists are like, well, no, we can't diagnose somebody 150 years later based mm-hmm. on just a few things. So I don't think he was bipolar. I think he he just he was somebody who um, needed time alone to think through things. Uh, you think of introverts that recharge. Um, alone, whereas extroverts need to be with people. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of a mixed. You know, he liked to be with people, but he also needed that time alone, where he would he would go off alone, and then he would have times where he'd get into these pretty bad depressions. Um, there also was there were suggestions that he might have had mercury poisoning. He he supposedly would take these blue mass pills. For anything from depression to constipation to half a dozen other things, it was one of these miracle drugs that didn't work. Um, it basically had no effect on anything, but it was it was you know before the days of pharmaceutical companies and standards, and so the, the it had mercury in it, and mercury um, the the druggist, local druggist, would just make this in his back room, and it would it would sometimes have a lot more mercury than other times because there was no standard. And so people thought, well, maybe he had mercury poisoning. Um, but, you know, he, I don't think so. I mean, he was said, the people say he took this every day for like 20 years. Well, if he had done that, he, he would have had severe neurological diseases, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> yeah. problems. Uh, Lincoln did admit taking it a little bit and said it made him cross. To, you know, he made him angry. So I don't think he took it more than a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think so. Um, so he did have those, and 
and uh, those were most of those are pretty common, and, and lots of other diseases that he didn't get were were pretty common. Yeah, that, that killed a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah, I'd read about the mercury pills before that they made him like just very grumpy, as you said, just just cross. Yeah. Um, Nick or Jeremy, do you have any questions for David before we start wrapping up? No, I think uh, I enjoyed that. Um, I think it was it was a, a pretty broad um, conversation of just science and virus, and you know, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, my my I thought it was very interesting when Mary started off at the very 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 top of the show. It's like everybody thinks of Lincoln and dot 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 virus um but i think the the ties to it were pretty pretty fascinating and i really like how we include mental illness with Mm -hmm. other all included in um not different than other illnesses so good stuff yeah um actually just the last thing i have really quickly um you did touch on the marfan syndrome Mm -hmm. um is that in the lincoln community is that still heavily debated if Abraham Lincoln had that, or is it starting to kind of finally not, disappear as a theory? Yeah, it's not really hotly debated. Um, most people have written it off. It's not It's not something that they think that w- is true. Um, it's mainly based on some guys in the 1960s who essentially looked at pictures of Lincoln and looked at descriptions and said, well, he was very tall, he was very thin, he had very long arms and legs, and those are all consistent with Marfan's, but um, Marfan's is a is a, a genetic disorder, and you know people have a lot of other problems, and they're usually weaker. Um, you know, Lincoln was a strong guy, mm-hmm. um, so it just doesn't it just doesn't fly. I mean, he has the physical characteristics, but then so did a lot of other people. You know, Lincoln was one of the long nine. There were nine people in Sacramento County that were yeah. regis- legislators, and they're all like six feet tall. So, and none of them, el- none of them had more fans, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So, it's probably most people think that you know it was, it was an idea, but there's no real proof for it. And we don't, we don't see it, don't see it really happening. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nick, did you have anything to add? Um, no, I feel like. Uh... We have our own, like, Lincoln community Sanjay Gupta here tonight. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, the way you kind of broke everything down, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, David, that was excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so I get to mix my science and my Lincoln sides together. <laughs> yes, yeah. We'll definitely have you back again sometime to talk Lincoln with us. Um, so before we close the show, we um, like our, to have our guests do our weekly feature, which is This Week in Lincoln. And do you have one for us? Um, actually, I saw something really interesting um, just uh, yesterday. Is that there's this, uh, this guy named Elias Gove that is from Maine. And back in that in Lincoln's time, and he was a bit of a crank. You know, he he thought he was uh, Jesus Christ and and a few <laughs> other things. And he wrote a letter to to Lincoln. He said, "You know, I I had a vision that you were going to be elected and that you would be reelected." And you know, he went through some other other things. And then he he thought that you know this this information that I provided you is very important. So I think the government should send me $1 billion. But you only have to send me the first $1 million now. You can send the rest to me over time. <laughs> so he says, you know, you could, you, could, you could put it in real estate bonds, you know, because I can use those, you know. He was, he was kind of strange. And Lincoln had 
um, you know, he got the letter and he, he looked at it and he said, this is, he just wrote at the end of the letter, he said, uh, crazy man on, on the letter. And he just kind of threw it off the side. And then I guess he had a, um, he had a little file for, for kind of weird letter letters that he would get that he would just, just for laughs. He would, he would put them in there and, and pull them out when he, he needed a laugh. So I thought that was funny. It was just, uh, something, uh, for some reason, it came up again recently in 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 Maine, um, as as a as an item that was somehow current. That is that sounds very much like Lincoln, like having a, a bunch of letters like that. But yeah. um, and to to demand what was it one billion dollars? One billion dollars in in, in, in eighteen sixty five. Sounds time. like Doctor Evil from Austin Powers. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought yeah. of when I read. That's like who I'm picturing. Billion dollars. <laughs> that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. And that's given some much needed laughs tonight, I think, um, yeah. <laughs> considering the state that um, we're all in right now. So, um, David, do you have any parting remarks before we close off the show tonight? Um, no, but uh, at one, I'll just, I guess I'll use it, you know, 10 seconds to make a PSA and yeah. just say that, you know, we all should be staying at home and we should all be washing our hands and, and wiping things down and, you know, Lincoln survived his virus, but, you know, we, we got to make sure that we survive ours. And frankly, the numbers are looking pretty bad. So, yeah, you know, we have to be careful. Yeah, very well said. Um, I completely concur with that. Stay home, wash your hands, stay well. Yep. Nick or Jeremy? I think that's a good note to end on. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed that. Yes. Okay, great. Thank, thank you, you for having me thank again. Thank you, David. So, um, on behalf of us here at the Rail Splitter Podcast, which David, you've been a guest the second time now, so you are an honorary Rail Splitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Times so, two. Yes. So from Rail Splitter, on behalf of Rail Splitter Nick, Rail Splitter Jeremy, and Rail Splitter David, this is Rail Splitter Mary saying, keep walking the world with malice toward none, with charity for all. And I'm going to add in stay well, be safe, stay home, wash your hands. And we will see you all again next week.